They were painted coral and perfectly matched her short-sleeved blouse. The car's sitting right there, she argued. It still has gas in it. So its tires are old. It's not like Adora lives on the moon. We'll make it to her house and back with no problem. Henry said, you're so afraid to do anything on your own. She interrupted me, those blue eyes darkening. And why do you still insist on calling him Henry? He's Hank. Henry sounds ridiculous. He introduced himself to me as Henry, so he'll always be. He was putting on airs. Come on, she pleaded. Please take me. Please. I sat down on the dressing table bench, facing her. Maybe we could mail the money. I motioned to the envelope. Adora's family is still under quarantine, aren't they? You won't even be able to go into the house. I'm not mailing $38, she snapped. I'll just leave it on their porch for them. Maybe I should do it. This was a chance to forge a relationship with my sister-in-law. All my attempts at friendship with her had failed. But maybe with only the two of us in the car, I'd stand a chance. We could chat as we drove. We could stop someplace for a milkshake on the way home. All right, I said. Now? If you can bring yourself to get dressed. She nodded toward my robe. Of course. I wouldn't be ruffled by her sarcasm. I'll just be a minute. Once Lucy left the room, I began dressing. Stockings, girdle, slip, a yellow skirt, and white blouse. I missed the dungarees and scuffed saddle shoes I used to wear before marrying Henry. But those casual clothes would never do now. Lucy was waiting for me next to the detached garage that stood behind the house. I couldn't help the jittery nerves I felt as I opened the double garage doors and approached the driver's side of the car. I was disobeying my husband. I hoped he never had to know. When Henry was angry, I was never sure if he would yell or simply fall silent. Either way, he would be upset to know what I was doing right now. I opened the car door and slid onto the mohair bench seat while Lucy got in on the passenger side. She was holding a second envelope, this one large and tan, and it bore a white address label. I'd seen those manila envelopes with their white labels around the house from time to time and thought they had something to do with Henry's furniture factory. I was too focused on the car to ask Lucy why she was bringing this one along. The Buick came to life instantly when I turned the key in the ignition and pressed the starter. I'd worried Henry might have siphoned the gas out of the tank for the Cadillac, but that didn't seem to be the case. I felt rusty as I explored the dashboard and pedals and gear shift. Lucy seemed to scrutinize my every move, unnerving me. She would report back to her friends. My moronic sister-in-law couldn't figure out how to drive the Buick she'd say, and her friends would agree that I was the most insufferable creature in all of Hickory, the girl who had tricked Henry Kraft into marrying her. Make sure you put it in reverse and not drive, Lucy said. How stupid do you think I am, I thought, but I said nothing, and my hand trembled slightly 
as I shifted into reverse, my foot pressing hard on the clutch. I backed slowly out of the garage and down the long driveway. Turn north when we get out to the street, Lucy commanded. North, I asked, that's the wrong direction. We need to make another stop. She held up the manila envelope. I have to drop this off at someone's house. I stopped the car before it reached the street. Where does this someone live? I asked. She hesitated. Just on the other side of the river. We'll go out 321. I laughed. No, we will not go out 321, I said. You said we'd go to Adora's, period. We shouldn't be in this car to begin with. It's five minutes away, Tess. We drive to this fella's house, leave the envelope in his mailbox, and then drive to Adora's. Adds 10